Imperial battleship, halt the flow of time. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock. I'm not Spanish, I'm Egyptian. You five-star, double-rated astronavigatrix. Uh, 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 what? Space, herpy. Give me the remote control. Good heavens, General, that sounds like a woman. Impossible! Welcome, listener, to StarCrashed. We discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. In this episode, we'll discuss Death Race 2000, a sports science fiction movie from 1975. So hold on to your steering wheels because it's going to be a ride. Oh my god, that's so cheesy. Uh, my name is Ebba. And my name is Linnea. So why did we choose to watch uh, Death Race? Uh, I believe it was my suggestion. Um, mm-hmm. I had seen this movie before and I really liked it. And uh, I was, uh, I guess, in the mood to w- watching it again. Mm-hmm. So I suggested it for the podcast because I think it was um, a good fit for what we do here on the podcast. So Definitely. <laughs> and I, can, I hadn't seen it uh, before. I've heard of it, absolutely. But I've only seen the Jason Statham or Dave mm. Statham. I have no idea how to pronounce his name. I love him, but I have no idea. <laughs> I I always think about it every time I say his name. But I've seen that one from like 06 or whatever that's from. Mm-hmm. And that is great for completely different reasons why this movie is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, good, uh, good suggestion. And uh, I'll say it right now. It was a lot of fun. So yeah. Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, I mean, this is a movie that I really like, so uh, I'm happy to hear that <laughs> other people also like it. <laughs> yeah, I can say my only regret is that I didn't see it on like very good quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have loved to see this on Blu-ray, and I knew quite early on that I really wished that that was the case because I can imagine this being quite glorious in like HD yeah. Blu-ray kind of yeah. experience. But um, still, it was a great to watch and uh, there's always something to do in the future as a sort of <laughs> reminder to myself so yes. yeah so how long ago had you seen it the first time um i think like a couple of years so it was long long enough ago that i had forgotten some of the details mm. but it was still close enough in time that i sort of remembered uh, that i liked it um so, and, and that I wanted to be watching it. So um, uh, I, I, I had a good image of what kind of movie it was anyway. So Yeah, so do you want to go over like what it's about, like the plot and so? Sure. Um, so as you hinted about in the beginning, this is like a, a sci-fi sports movie or, or a dystopian sports movie, if we're going to be um, picky. Yes, uh, and for being picky. <laughs> Um, it came out, I think, in the same year as uh, Rollerball, uh, which was a much larger, big-budget, dystopian sports movie. Uh, and Death Race 2000 is produced by Roger Corman, uh, who is known for making really low-budget films and also kind of trying to um, make movies that might be similar to like the big blockbusters and, and such and Death Race 2000 is like his 
answer to Rollerball. Um, he, he wanted to make something similar. Okay. And it is based on a short story by a guy called Ib Melchior, called, and the short story is called The Racer. Um, I have not read that one, I don't know much about it. Um, but Ib Melchior is also a screenwriter. I think he was the co-screenwriter for Robinson Crusoe on Mars. So we have some some <laughs> previous connections to him. <laughs> yes. As uh, as will be plenty more. <laughs> as we'll find yes. out, but yeah. <laughs> um so it it's a dystopian movie and it takes place presumably in the year 2000 mm. as the title suggests. Uh and sort of like Hunger Games style, we have this big popular TV show where people race in 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 um these really like fancy cars mm. uh, and they race across the north american continent essentially uh, and they score points in this context for hitting people <laughs> killing people with their cars and you get really high points if it's like an old person you get fairly high points if it's an infant uh men scored i think the lowest mm. so like they're considered like the easiest i guess or i don't know uh what what the <laughs> <laughs> what the logic behind the points are uh, but anyway so we have a few of our contestants which are uh, Frankenstein he's one of the big ones and we have um, Frankenstein is played by, by um, David Carradine mm. um, and then we have Machine Gun Joe which is played by Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. uh, in his, one of his earliest roles sort of bef- before Rocky and everything mm. um, we have Calamity Jane who is played by uh, uh, Mary? Oh, I, f- I forgot her last name, Warnow? but she played Wallonov. Yeah, Warnow, something like yeah. that. Um, she played the mother in uh, Terrorvision, <laughs> which we watched not that long ago. Um, and she also had a, a smaller role in Night of the Comet, which we've also <laughs> seen. So, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, unexpected to see her in here because I didn't remember that, but uh, she was in it. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, Frankenstein, which is the main character, the sort of the most popular of the the uh, drivers, you know, he he has a huge fan base and everything. Um, he he's uh, racing for the first time after an injury, so he has actually like had pretty big chunks of his body that has been like um, Re- um, replaced, replaced, yeah. and and. Uh, um, reshaped and, and things like that so um he's making his comeback back now uh, and he has a new navigator and her name is annie and throughout the movie it turns out that annie has connections to the rebellion so to speak uh who wants to kill the president um and uh, throughout the movie it sort of turns out that mm, well frankenstein might also have some plans to kill mm-hmm. the president and uh, in the end the two join the forces and does kill the president and then frankenstein becomes president and happily ever after i guess <laughs> yeah i mean this movie is absolutely ridiculous and oh yes <laughs> it doesn't take itself serious while still being uh, still kind of having some sort of message and playing around with that so oh yes it's it's definitely a satire like yeah satire is definitely the word i mean you have um because this race is televised and it is like the Mm. biggest thing in the whole year so everyone is kind of like like you said before like they're total fans and 
it's just violence, 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 which one of the uh, reporters shouts out at the end. America loves violence, 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 before being brutally run over by the... Uh, by Frankenstein who has been turned into a president at the end of the movie and it's just I mean it's just ridiculous and speaking of like going back to the two reporters the way they talk with like for example the widow of one of the racers and Mm. whatever guests they might have and just speaking about the race it's very I mean I I didn't I wasn't around in the 70s but it's very (laughs) like that sort of friendly oh I'm your good friend uh, me 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 and I also know that person and now we're gonna sit down and talk about this cozy race uh, it's very <laughs> I, I don't know if I really portray it very well but it's really becomes a bit uncanny I think mm. uh, yeah it actually kind of reminds me a little bit of shock treatment it made me think about that sort of how mm. you make fun of of television and, and entertainment mm-hmm. and what what lengths we go to to sort of keep the the mass happy um, or masses happy and I think um, it, it did a great job on that it wasn't very um, I mean it was very in your face but that made it very entertaining as well oh yes oh yeah yes. yeah um, and also uh, I sort of made a connection to to Hunger Games mm, earlier yeah. um, because they are uh, in different ways they are, are, are you know social commentary on essentially the same thing yeah. uh, which is like media and television consumption Precisely, and yeah. in, in in relationships to violence yeah. um and the journalists the really really cheery journalists <laughs> so happy they are uh that run around and interview the drivers in death race 2000 reminds me of effie from hunger games um because she's yes. also like really cheery really yes. happy and so fake so <laughs> Utterly fake. <laughs> so fake. <laughs> but I will say though, in the end, the reporter who gets run over, mm. I, I do feel like he, he really lives for this race. Like, you know, when he screams violence that he and American everyone's love, I believe him. So oh, yes. he's fake, but it's also like, it, it's his religion, you know? So, yes. Mm. But uh, one thing that I was if we want to compare it to Hunger Games, because in Hunger Games, um, the goal is sort of to kill off each other. Whereas mm-hmm. here, I got the impression, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I was got the impression that the racers weren't really supposed to kill each other. They were supposed no, to outrun no. each other and collect points, but they weren't supposed to kill each other. Uh, but But that happened, like, I think three deaths of the racers um, can be attributed to Ad, a, another racer uh, which is a bit fun like even though it's really violent and really horrible sort of uh, race you're still not supposed to kill your your um, um, your um, competitors yes yes your competitors yeah so there's almost yeah, a bit of yeah. sportsmanship <laughs> Just, just barely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, but the movie overall has a really dark sense of humor, mm. um, and I, I dig it. Like, I, I love that kind of humor, um, especially in like more, more sort of low budget um, uh, exploitation kind of movies that I mm. sometimes enjoy watching. I, you know, I. Mm. It really clicks for me. It's not going to click for everyone, though. Um, 
there's this scene, <laughs> like I said earlier, they get points if they run over like older people, and that gives like a hundred points, which is really a lot. Um, so when Frankenstein and Annie are nearing the hospital, <laughs> the hospital has put out a lot of older people in on, in the yes. road, and there's like it's hoping, euthanasia yeah. day in the hospital today. <laughs> it's just you know, oh. it's the kind of thing that. It's really offensive, but it's kind Super of funny also. <laughs> and also there's another... Because this is like the gem of this movie, I think. It's all the people that are... And I couldn't wrap my head around this. Like, were they out in the fields and everywhere? They, I mean, they must know the races going on. So were they out mm -hmm. there for the thrill? Because that seemed to be the case for a lot of people. Uh, so there's just like civilians doing things on the road or... Uh, near the road or hospitals putting out the elders <laughs> to be hit by cars but um there's one yeah terrific, um, yeah mm. but there's one terrific scene where it seems like there's a family with a mother and a couple of young young kids and one of the cars is like oh yes ba like mm, here i'm gonna score a lot of easy points here uh, so the family when they see the car they run and try to hide behind a tree and it looks like there's a baby left at the picnic. Uh, but then we see that behind the tree is actually a, a, um, a, not a mother, but a man. Now, he could be a mother, if that's the gender he would like to call himself <laughs> by. But this is the 70s, so clearly not. <laughs> um, but he's, a, he's like, yes, go for the baby, go for the baby. And then, you know, you see that it's not an actual baby, it's a doll. And it's been rigged to be a landmine, basically. And so when the racer goes over the landmine, explosion. So that yeah. there's kind of civilians, for the fun of it, making these traps for um, the racers. That's just one example, but there's a few more, I think. So it's just, I mean, it's, it's just a lot of fun. And speaking of the, um, you said that it's sort of low budget and exploitation, but I have to say that it looks really good. Yes. I mean, yeah, it doesn't look like they had a $5,100 million <laughs> for a budget, <laughs> but it looks like they really did what they could and they put the money where it was important. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I think Roger Corman is really good at. He he works, you know, his best work is when he has a limited budget <laughs> because he he knows how to make the best of it. And I think this is an excellent uh, case of that. Um, I mean, like the designs of the cars are really, really cool. Um, and, and they all look different. Like you see Frankenstein's car and you know that's his car because it has a, such a distinct look to it. Yeah. And also other things like makeup and, and costumes. Um, in the beginning, Frankenstein has this like mask or hood over his face, mm. le like leather mask. Um, and it looks like underneath that he has a really scarred face. Uh, but then he takes it off and it turns out that no. Yes. Th that part was actually just part of the mask uh, and it's a really neat um, yes. special effect and yeah. definitely so because I did I knew basically nothing about this like about the 75 version here I knew nothing basically mm. so for me I was <gasps> when he did that like 
honestly like oh okay cool <laughs> secrets i like so mm-hmm. then you're sort of prepared to have that sort of mindset like there are there's a lot of facade and people are mm-hmm. keeping secrets underneath and may, maybe have hidden agendas so i think that's a really yes. neat way to sort of get people into that sort of mindset as well yeah it's really neat mm. and i also think one thing that is worth pointing out is that um each car have has a driver and a navigator and each car has a woman and a man in it there's mm. no two men team or two women team they all have um uh, 50-50 <laughs> in the gender departments uh, sometimes the woman is a driver and sometimes she's a navigator i'm not sure if <laughs> I suspect not that Roger Corman didn't do that for like the sake of equality. Um, I think it was more that, you know, these drivers, they are celebrities Mm. and they are sort of supposed to have this like partner. And it's really important who that partner is because they are like always visible with that partner and everything. And it's sort of implied that, yeah, the, the driver and the navigator are having sex with each other yeah, in like each of these cases couples. yeah like brangelina <laughs> yeah. and things like that <laughs> so um that's that's a really interesting um thing that you noticed that uh, you know yeah definitely that's, that's the case they chose it and also let's compare to the i mean i'm gonna look it up right now because i keep saying that it's like that it's from like 06 this jason one but i'm just gonna have a look and see if it's actually mm-hmm. from there or Oh, okay, 2008. So, okay. <laughs> my bad. So off. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Two years. Two years, it's Close not, enough. It's yeah. definitely close enough. But as far as I can remember, they were all men. Like, I think, ah. like, the mm-hmm. villain was a female. And mm-hmm. possibly, like, one, like, the navigators might have been female. But as far as I remember, it was based on, like, the, the racers being from... Um, a male prison mm. so everyone was male As, that's interesting yeah, yeah so like you know comparing what happened between 40 or 30 years uh, I can't do math so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like 30 years yeah, yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah kind of kind of interesting but yeah definitely makes for good sort of chemistry also i think because yeah. then you don't feel like oh i'm what i'm watching an absolute male fantasy violence movie here it it mm-hmm. does feel a bit more balanced and calamity calamity jane was definitely one of my favorites oh yeah i think um mary voronov we said her name was right yeah, yeah. voronov Vor- yeah um she was terrific I really mm-hmm. liked her sort of charm and her theming and everything. Very Texas. <laughs> I think her car was painted to like a bull or something, uh, like a mm. cow bull. And it, just, just terrific, honestly. And I really, I really appreciate her even more now than, um, mm-hmm. than after watching Terrorvision, where she was just this sort of... You know, she was a mom. She was entertaining, but she was a, it was a bit campy and flat. And here mm-hmm. there was there was something more to it. So I really, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we'll yeah. stumble on her <laughs> <laughs> some some more times in the future. Obviously, because 
I mean, you could think this was planned, right? I mean, <laughs> oh, we should say yeah. it was planned, really. <laughs> but speaking of amazing actors, Stallone. Ah, yes. I mean, don't you think that you can see the star quality here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the character, uh, Machine Gun Joe, that Stallone plays, is kind of a caricature on, like, almost Stallone himself in how... Um, or not Stallone himself, but, but like, the kind of character that Stallone is famous for. Um, really... Um, angry and sort of oh you know i'm gonna win very competitive um and (laughs) it's so fun to watch how he just screws up with everything but he gets so angry all the time yeah and it's just uh yeah it's it's really good and seriously because when i um when i saw his name like in the beginning titles um Mm -hmm. or Maybe when I first saw him, I was like, I was prepared for him to be a bit, uh, I don't know, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to be like, wow, he shines actually in the scenes he's in. He's really good. It's mm-hmm. really good. So I can definitely see why he was able to <laughs> make money off of being that sort of character for the rest of his career. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoyed him. Uh, naturally, yeah. like his... His character did give him a lot to work with also. Let's yeah. let's say that as well. But um, I, I think he really came off the screen in a really good way. Yeah. So if I'm going to talk about something that was a bit of a weakness in the movie, uh, apart from the music, which I really can't say much about. It was super 70s bland. Um, <laughs> But yeah, moving on from that. Um, So weakness, I would say, is um, actually the rebel plot. That was a big Mm -hmm. part of the movie, but it did feel a bit weak for me. There was just, I needed something more with that story plot. Uh, I did enjoy the sort of um, cat and mouse and uh, sort of, hmm, I wonder what he's thinking or what he's or he, she's going to do between uh, Frankenstein and uh, Navigator. Mm-hmm. But the whole rebel thing with Tomasina, I just couldn't really, I couldn't really get myself to be interested about that. What do you think? I, I, I somewhat agree with you. I think, like you say, it is one of the weak points in the movie um, because they don't explore the rebels that very much we see glimpses of them and we we know that as the race is going on they're sort of working behind the scenes and, and setting traps for the drivers and everything um uh, and and the fact that we know that there is this opposing force mm. against the president and against the tyranny and and the dictatorship and everything against the dystopia essentially um that is an important piece mm. you know and and um i think Mostly what that creates in the movie, though, is the relationship between Frankenstein and Annie. Because in the beginning, they are opposing forces, you know. Frankenstein is this man who is specifically trained to be this driver in this race. Mm. Like, he has grown up to be this. Uh, And she is... (laughs) Completely opposed to that. She's like, no, this race is horrible. It's something we should get rid of. So she's working against that. But then as the movie goes on, they get to know each other and we're sort of figuring out 
I think the viewers probably figure out it out earlier than Annie, but we figure out that, well, you know, Frankenstein might actually be on your side, Annie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I like I like seeing that. I like seeing how their relationship sort of um, evolved. changed, yeah. evolved, and and in the end, they actually marry each other. So <laughs> yeah, and oh, and oh, it's so, very, yeah, it's that very romantic comedy in the end. It's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah. but yeah, sort of spinning a bit further on that, I do really appreciate that their relationship felt really equal mm-hmm. and um, healthy. Actually, I mean, yeah, they both had they kept secrets from each other, and they both had knowledge over the other. So it felt it just felt really balanced, uh, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, appreciated that. But like you say, you do the whole rebel thing. You do need it, e- even though it might not have might not have been the the best. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it is a dystopia, and I think one of the like main things of a dystopia is overcoming the dystopia, yeah. and they do that here. And the rebels is part of that. Mm. But I. I Roger Corman and the people who directed this, they focus much more on, on like the race itself. Uh, and I understand that yeah. because it's it's that kind of a movie, you know. It, it's supposed to focus on the race. So it kind of made sense that the rebels just became somewhat of the background. Um, and I think I'm fairly fine with that. But I also understand what you're saying mm. when you're saying that it's kind of a weak point of the film. Because it is. Mm. Um, but despite maybe being flawed or maybe because it's flawed i think this movie ends up being a really great experience and a gre- really great action film um it sells itself as violent and fast-paced and just um you know pumping adrenaline all over the place and i think this really succeeds with that it's really exciting mm-hmm. and fast-paced and for me it's a really enjoy- enjoyable ride all the way through. Um, I've, uh, yeah, I just yeah. really dig this film. Agreed. It definitely delivers on its promises. And I can only say, like I said in the beginning of this episode, that I hope to see it in glorious Blu-ray one day. <laughs> because I <laughs> yes. feel like that's how this should be uh, mm-hmm. seen. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, now I'm gonna... <laughs> oh, God, I was gonna make a another bad driving driving uh, thing but i'm just gonna not do that uh i'm interested in knowing who you want to bang bond or blast and i have a lovely little selection for you here if you are ready yeah i see that yeah yeah. (laughs) yes i know you do but i I still want to say it out loud uh we have calamity jane we have the navigator that's Frankenstein's navigator, if you, do, if you don't understand what I mean. Uh, and also, exactly, Annie. And also Frankenstein. Have your pick and choose it. <sighs> yeah, I mean, all three of these characters, I think, were awesome yes. in the film. Um, really in, in, a great blast seeing all three of them. Um, <sighs> hmm... Well, I mean, Calamity Jane unfortunately dies. Yeah. Uh, so that's a bit of a bummer. But if we we sort of uh, assume we live in an alternate timeline where she doesn't die, yeah, uh, we do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think, I think I would bond her. 
because she was really she was sort of you, you get the hint that she is a rather nice character mm. but she's also really you know rather sarcastic in the way she talks and and she doesn't stand down from a fight and everything mm. so she's a bit you know she gets into conflict sometimes but she's also she she does seem to be a really fun uh, woman to be around so i guess i would bond her mm. and then i would probably bang frankenstein um i don't know i i i i liked calamity jane more than frankenstein so mm. that's why i'm bonding her but frankenstein was a pretty cool character and um interesting in you know his motivation and mm. everything so i think it would i would like to hang out with him anyway um and then unfortunately annie would get blasted um nothing wrong with annie she was really cute but out of these three she was sort of the blandest personality yeah, you know fair, both fair. both both calamity jane and frankenstein was sort of you know just just more yeah, uh, yeah. in in the kind of character mm-hmm. that they are um and calamity jane especially you know she's she has this kind of larger than life kind of Persona, personality yeah, not definitely. not not bubbly but no. extroverted definitely yeah, yeah yeah like social and and just fun honestly yeah, yeah. um so i'm going to go a similar route route to you uh, route that's another <laughs> car oh god the worst uh, so um i'm gonna bang the navigator actually annie that is uh yeah. i think she was absolutely like picture perfect 70s at some points especially like there was a dinner where she had her blonde fluffy hair in perfect 70s hair hairdo and the eye makeup went all the way to the brow in icy blue colors mm. uh, matching an icy blue outfit and it looked glorious so that's why i'm gonna bang her because she's hot um and <laughs> i'm i'm not arguing against that. yeah <laughs> and we're being that shallow <laughs> aren't we always that shallow? yes we are but it, well well (laughs) uh but i'm bonding jane as well i think she was just a really charming character even though absolutely flawed definitely but i think the way she sort of reacted to her navigator being uh, mowed over by by uh, stallone was just really endearing and really like yeah she she did have a really special relationship with her navigator so it just seemed like yeah, she'd, um, she'd be there for you, you know? She mm. feels very loyal. Uh, but a lot of fun at the same time. And yeah. she's also very attractive, so that's why I'm bonding her. Uh, so that means that I'm actually <laughs> blasting the main character here. Uh, oh. That doesn't happen a, a lot of times in this segment. Uh, but no, usually not. Yeah, no. <laughs> but this this election was actually kind of hard um, because of that. So I... I mean, David Carradine, you know, absolutely terrific. Uh, and this character was really interesting, like you say. And um, yeah, but still, it's a ladies night for me. So yeah, <laughs> that's just the mood. <laughs> that is a totally cool and awesome mood. To yes. Be. Yeah. <laughs> 
it feels good to be in that mood. <laughs> so uh, the next stop on our Jeffrey's 2000 journey. <laughs> oh my god. Can I just like... English is not even our native language here. So I'm just like, Mwah, when you <laughs> come up with those sort of... Oh, brilliant. Yes, sorry, go on. <laughs> our next stop yes. is... Yes, our next stop on this uh, race or this journey is uh, argue whether this should win a Gordon. And Gordon is, of course, our version of the Oscars, uh, where we make up our categories as we like. So, Eva, why should this win a Gordon and in which category? Well, Linnea, uh, I think that this movie should win a Gordon for best looking racer cars in forever. <laughs> Actually, yeah. yeah, I can't remember uh, a, a different movie where I thought, oh, these cars look really great. I mean, they still because they still look like cars. They just look like they have a personality that really fits with the driver. And I can't mm -hmm. say that, you know, the sort of racing movies I've seen, like, let's say, uh, Need for Speed or Death Race or all of those, I can't say that they really had that sort of charm and fantasy to them that I think, mm -hmm. or creativity yeah. that I think these do. Um, when it comes to, like, car chases overall, you could absolutely say that, like, Mad Max from 2016-15 or whatever the year, um, mm -hmm. does have better vehicles. But that's not <laughs> the same as uh, racing cars. So True. that's True. why it should be the Gordon. <laughs> yeah. And all, honestly, I mean, I think Frankenstein's car, which is this like green, yeah. it almost looks like a, like a lizard kind yeah. of thing, uh, with, with teeth in the front. Um, it, I, I kind of feel like that's really iconic. Yeah. Um, you know, whenever I see that Im an image of that car, I know that is that car from Death Race mm. 2000. Like, it's so recognizable. And now I'll um, know as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and especially, you know, when you're talking about cult movies and, and um, cult classics, um, I think the car is one of the reasons why this is a cult classic, because it's just such a cool car. Um, so, yeah, definitely a mm. well-deserved Gordon mm -hmm. for that. Um, I'm gonna give out a really a fairly um, general Gordon. It's not mm. for something rather specific, but I'm gonna give it for best casting because I oh. think just everyone in this movie is great at the role that they have been casted in, um, including a few that we haven't talked about at all, yeah. like um, Matilda, who was oh. the swastika sweetheart. I mean, <laughs> it's it's kind of remarkable that we haven't mentioned her. <laughs> or that whole Nazi thing at all. But yeah, <laughs> that's just scraping yeah. the surface. But yeah, that's a lot yeah, of and, and And, you know, Carradine mm. and Stallone and all the others, um, in including the, the older lady who plays Tomasina, yes. who is the, the leader of the rebellion. Mm. She's like this really like prim, like teacher type yeah. kind of character. And it's so funny and she's so great. And yeah. I just, you know, I, I can't give out a Gordon for a specific actor because I think they all deserve it. So, you know, oh, best casting. Yeah, yeah. Well, well deserved, Gordon. Uh, I'm real happy that you bring it out. And it's kind of funny because when you were talking, I think, didn't I give out like a general Gordon to Dune as well for yes. casting? Yes. <laughs> but, but it makes me so happy that we've seen two in a row now where we can say that. 
instead of yes. being oh it was really awkward and none of them were <laughs> knew what they were doing I think so I mean that's kind of great uh, and I agree it was a really great cast and um, hats off to like Stallone and uh, and uh, the others I think they were terrific yes definitely so uh, sort of rounding things off here with the last couple of um, questions that we do at the end of each episode uh, do you have any sort of similar media movie something something that you think would go well with death race 2000 well i think feature? we have we have mentioned uh, rollerball mm. which is you know as as established a uh, similar kind of dystopian sports film i haven't seen rollerball but you know since roger corman did produce death race 2000 mm. as sort of a, a response to rollerball i imagine they would go well together um also hunger games as we mentioned um somewhat s- similar kind of social commentary um death race 2000 is uh funnier um and i would also say that it is um more violent because Hunger Games is still young adult, even though it, it's a rather um, heavy subject that it deals with. But I think you know there are similarities there that would make such a double feature interesting. Um, and I would also go back to one of the movies that we have watched for the podcast before, uh, and that is Damnation Alley. Uh, we didn't particularly like that film, but that is a different kind of race, I think dealing with the same geographical area. You know, the races in Death Race 2000, races across the United States and the people in Domination Alley does the same, though they don't really compete with anyone. They compete with nature, essentially. But it's the same kind of journey, um, you know, the same areas that you travel to. to, uh, So I think it would be interesting, you know. One is a post-apocalypse apocalyptic movie and the other is the dystopia and i think uh, they could uh, work well together yeah and i have to say like um the rollerball movie i i haven't heard about that before so i'm really curious about that and really keen on on seeing that in the future so mm-hmm. i think if anything this movie has really gotten me interested in in watching that one as well um cool yeah and i absolutely uh concur <laughs> <laughs> to you mentioning Damnation Alley, uh, even though they're not, like you said, similar in 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 a lot of regards, they do they do feel like they could be a nice fit, but honestly, maybe not in the same night. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my personal taste. Um, yeah, yeah. So I can't really say that I have have uh, quite as a brilliant recommendation for. <laughs> double feature as you do uh, but I have a lukewarm <laughs> recommendation <laughs> okay. uh, and that is the book The Passengers by John Mars uh, I read that wow. maybe three months ago or something like that and it's sort of about uh, random people well seemingly random people ending up in uh, in the self-driving cars and they can't get out and it turns into a sort of televised oh who's gonna win and you'll have to vote via social media who's going to make it and so there's this whole like you might die in your car (laughs) thing and and then there's a um, 
sort of like who who's doing it and um, what's the sort of agenda here and uh, people are scramming to sort of figure it out and uh, along the while people are sort of you know via social media then going like getting hooked on the whole race to the one destination where every everybody's supposed to crash together unless people vote and try to save someone so if you're just interested in watching like in hearing something in the background that's uh, connected to cars and racing and violence and <laughs> <laughs> television and and, uh, and uh, entertainment in that sort of way maybe you know check it out you might like it i was yeah, like i sounds, said it sounds cool yeah i was lukewarm yeah. to it but i i still can't deter anyone from, from reading it <laughs> and it does feel appropriate uh, along with the death race <laughs> yeah absolutely so, sounds like a good fit based yeah, on the description yeah uh, so finally, um, I want to know if you think that this should be remade in 2020. Hmm, I'm not sure on that, to be honest. Um, I'm usually someone who is like, I don't mind remakes. I mean, a lot of people complain that we have too many remakes. I don't mind remakes. Mm. I'm fine with remakes. But this one, I think it's it's pretty good. You know, as a 70s movie, I don't think we can really capture the same atmosphere mm. as as from the 70s you know that that sort of ex- exploitation kind of feel um i i'm not sure we could really remake that um and we already have a somewhat recent remake slash reboot in the the movie death race as you mentioned yeah. um and that one had i think at least a couple of sequels uh, and death race 2000 also has a an an, an official uh, sequel, Death Race Twenty Fifty, I think it's called, which is mm-hmm. only a couple of years old. So I don't really feel like we need <laughs> more than that in in this era, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if if someone did decide to remake Death Race Two Thousand, I would probably go see it, but I don't feel that like I need it. Um, I'm not that really interested in it. If I'm yeah. being honest. Yeah, for me, it definitely depends on, like, who's at the steering wheel uh, <laughs> of that. Oh, my God, Carpon! <laughs> yeah, but I made the same one twice now. I said steering wheel twice, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for me, it depends on who's who's doing that, like, who's the director, what are the actors, like, what's the sort of themes going to be, um, because otherwise I feel like... You know, we have Death Race 08, and it, I don't think that that really did um, the 75 version and any any justice. It didn't really add to it, if if I put it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. It just sort of used the, uh, the the skeleton of of the 75 movie. So, yeah, it would definitely depend on who's um, who's the director and what sort of direction you want to go in. Uh, mm. so yeah I agree with all you say but um, to sort of add my final thoughts about this movie uh, I th- this might be depending on you know memory fails me here but depending on, on you know when we go and look at what we've seen during this year the last two seasons that is uh, this might make it into my like top five uh, it was that entertaining for me actually so uh, terrific yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to concur with that. Um, I think out of the ones we've watched that I can remember anyway, um, 
Knight of the Comet and Starship Troopers have been my favorites, uh, but Death Race 2000 is is close behind those mm. two. Um, I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, for this season, I think, like you say, Starship Troopers was this season, I believe. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, I think that's so, I hard think. to beat, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, we'll I see. I don't remember where we cut off from season two yeah. to season three, but whatever. I'm sure we're going to have a, a sort of look back episode yeah. uh, in the future, so yep. we'll get more into that. But uh, yeah. Sweet. So um, yeah. That is uh, the end of this episode. And I think both, both Ebba and I really like this movie and we recommend you go out watching it um, in high quality if you can. Uh, and have you already seen Death Race 2000? Maybe uh, we want to know what you think. So go to our Facebook page, Starcrashed Podcast, where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes. Uh, we also have an Instagram account if that's more your jam. That is also Starcrashed Podcast. Join us in two weeks as we sit down and talk about The Dark Crystal. Yay! Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>